I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just I'm just doing like a random theme music. We need theme music for this podcast, I swear. Welcome to the Gold Derby Horses. My name oh, is George. I, I got some theme music. Uh okay. Wait, okay. I got theme music. Ready, guys. Okay, introduce it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I got it. Where's going, buddy? Is that the hamster song? This brings back so much memory. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Golden Recourses. My name's <laughs> my name is George. Uh, we have on our usual suspects, Tristan. I am the usual suspect. Brett. Don't watch the master when you're sick. <laughs> I um, almost famous should have been nominated for best picture in 2000. Yes, it should have. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Chocolate was pretty good. Yeah. We are back. Uh, with- <laughs> I am throwing tomatoes at you. <laughs> we are back with uh, 2022 Oscar predictions. We are following the structure that we did for season one, where this episode we are going to be talking about director, actress, supporting actress, actor, supporting actor. Not necessarily in that order, but we'll start with director anyways. So director, uh, this is like kind of fucked up more, more than last year. Right now, if you go on Gold Derby's odds, PTA is number one, but I gotta be honest, I don't think he's winning. I, I, I don't know. I like PT is one of my favorite directors. He's incredible. He doesn't really make up for the master. I'm sorry. Same with Magnolia. PT just doesn't direct movies that win people best director Oscars. Like best director at indie spirits. Yes, sure. But not at like the Oscars. Like the closest he's done is like Phantom Threat, and that's like, I mean, I mean that was the year of No Country for Old Men, so of course that wasn't going to happen. Phantom Threat, I mean, he got in. It was a surprise when he got in, and that's not like it's a very showy direct. It's very showy directing, but it's not like something where you know if you're a normie as academy member you're looking at who to vote for best director it's not something like yeah i'll vote for paul thomas anderson like i mean even chloe jaw nomadland that what that, that that made more sense because you know even though mank was the more director showcase and you know you could feel the scope in nomadland you could feel the scope so chloe jaw makes more sense as a director winner to me at least than pta does now, does that mean PTA won't be nominated? Of course not. He could easily get out. But I'm saying I don't think he's going to win. I but think. George, we have not seen a single frame of this movie, so we don't know what kind of scope it's going to be. I mean, it, for all we know, it could be PTA's biggest movie of all time. I feel like it'll be his most success- accessible movie, especially for the Academy taste, since it is a movie about coming of age in Hollywood. I feel like that'll be something that appeals more to the census and like inherent vice i mean 
okay, yes, I agree with you that, you know, we haven't seen the scale of this movie. <laughs> we haven't seen a trailer or, or an image or anything like that. But at the same time, PTA just doesn't make like Oscar director winner films. Like I could more easily see him winning screenplay than director. And I'll go ahead and just wager. I won't bet, but I'll wager that if he wins screenplay, he won't win director. I, I mean, I could wager that too, because I think we're, we're at a point where, um, you know, in recent memory, the, uh, the competition has been so stacked that we haven't seen a lot of movies just completely sweep. And uh, I mean, with the, the board spreading out to 10 nominees, um, I think it's, it's unlikely that we're going to see the same movie win picture, director, screenplay, right? I think yeah. it'll be a little more spread out. Although Parasite did it, so you never know. I mean, Parasite, though, like, I am convinced that because Bong Joon-ho won director, that Parasite won on the first round. Easy. So, I don't know. Soggy Bottom, it doesn't strike me as a director winner film. Like, I don't know. Let's, like, 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 say, like, if Trial of Chicago 7 to won Best Picture last year. By the way, you. But do you think Aaron Sorkin would have won Best Director if that movie won Best Picture? So, I don't think so. Trial of the Chicago 7 was never a movie that I had um, pegged for director just because Sorkin's not really known for being a great filmmaker. And yeah. he's more of a screenplay guy. Um, but, I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson, we're talking about one of the most beloved filmmakers of all time, and he hasn't gotten his due. And I think he was very close to getting his due with There Will Be Blood. Like, it was very close. Yeah. Like, I don't I think, think it was that won. close. No, 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 no. No, I feel like if the Coens weren't there that year, There Will Be Blood would have taken that. I mean, yeah, I agree like, with that, but the Coens won easy. So it was actually the first year I, I, like, watched. I mean, I was, like, really young, so I don't remember that much. But I do remember that going into the night, there was a lot of buzz for There Will Be Blood. And everyone was talking about that movie. And No Country for Old Men, like it was, it was kind of like between those two. Like, I don't think No Country for Old Men was like this sure thing. I, I think no Country for Old Men won WGA, SAG, PGA, DGA. It was a sure thing. Interesting. When when you look at it like that, but to be honest, I think people rely a bit more on precursors than they should, um, because I don't know. I I just think that. Uh, to be like, fair, like Parasite didn't sweep everything in it. Yeah, yeah, but there was a perfect combination for that. Yeah, so. but I mean, people went into the night thinking 1917 was going to take it. I mean, so, I predicted Parasite, but whatever. I did too. But I, I think I probably would have predicted there will be blood back in the day because that, that was just such a phenomenon. Um, so I think, you know, if PTA got that close before, and he's coming back with a movie that's, you know, supposedly going to be very accessible and a movie that a lot of people can connect to, but still has that um, sense of style that he brings to every movie. Then I think he's he's definitely going to be in the conversation. That's for sure. Yeah, I think so. I also think once again, we know for a fact that the Academy loves movies about movies. So I definitely think I mean, as well. absolutely. But. I don't think that Fincher last year or Tarantino the year before were number two in director. But 
I mean, we're talking. I I don't think we can compare because we haven't seen Soggy Bottom. Like, a yeah, if Soggy movie. Bottom is as divisive as Mink, then I'll take that back. You know. Yeah, I doubt like, it'll be as divisive as Mink, but you no, know. I think people will I, love. I'm not going to predict the winner right now. I'm just going to predict who I think is going to be nominated because I don't go. We go haven't for seen it. these movies, right? Go so for it's it. Hard to. Oh wait, you want me to predict? I'm. I'm just saying, go for it, man. I don't care. Should I do it? I I can. I, I just Good. need to pull up my uh, predictions. Here, I'll go. Up. Can I do mine? I mean, well, let's let's save it. Let's save it real quick. Um, just wait till the end. In my opinion. I think there's three people who have a better chance at winning than PTA. So I'll talk about my current winner real quick, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. It seems like a lot of people are really hopping on this. The Oscar expert did it, and you know some other people have done it. It just feels like this feels like something that's destined to happen. It's this like Netflix is sending it to like every festival right now. It's it's having like a bit of a Nomadland effect. It seems. And if it has that effect, like, it, like, let's say it wins the Golden Lion. I think it'll probably win the Golden Lion. But if it wins the Golden Lion, then, you know, it'll have picture, it'll have director. Um, we'll talk about actor and screenplay at some point and supporting actress right there that it could, that it could grab. Um, and I also think Halle Berry for Bruce. Power of the Dog seems like such a director film. Like, it seems like the type of film where you, you're just watching, you're like, yeah, that's direction right there. It, it almost seems like there will be blood, in all honesty. It's, it's got a lot going on. And, you know, if she is to be the first woman to be a repeat nominee, and that's what the case would be, she was nominated for the piano in 93, then that's a great case for her possibly winning. In my opinion. Um, now, will she win at the end of the day? I don't know. She's my predicted number one at the moment. But I think I could see it happening if this movie like gets steam and is as good as I am anticipating it is going to be. So my only concern about this movie is we see these movies pop up at, at Venice and TIFF every year and people peg it as the front runner, like Marriage Story and uh, A Star is Born like a movie that you know it's the first big one of of award season and people latch onto it and then it runs out of steam and this could be that movie i mean obviously i don't know because i haven't seen anything from it yet we don't we haven't seen a trailer we don't know what the tone is going to be like but it could be that movie where people latch onto it and then something else comes out of the gate a little later and takes well sure but 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 listen this sounds like directing the movie like, I feel like this movie, amongst, like, maybe a couple of others, could win director, not picture. I don't know why. Possibly, yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I think the one, if, if something's going to win director, not picture, it would probably be Denny Villeneuve for Dune. Um, I was about to get to him. Yeah. I don't I know. Just, I, just, I just feel like Power to Dog is direct, directing and acting the film. I, I don't really know, like how demanding it's going to be from a directing standpoint because it's it's hard to like gauge without seeing a trailer but i do think that the acting is going to be pretty incredible and and we will talk we will talk about that in a second yeah but 
I mean, directing the movie, um, that's that's gonna be Dune. There's so so many like incredible sets in those trailers, and like it's it's just gonna be a movie with a scope that we haven't seen before. And uh, I think a lot of people are gonna be behind Denny to win this. Yeah, because Villeneuve. I mean, this film is like a huge technical scale. And like, I expect if it is to get in for best picture, it would get in for best director. Like, I don't know, just the theory is like, oh, it could be like Inception. But like, Inception is not as big a scale as this movie. No. And I think like the whole like thing about it is that, I mean, it could be kind of like Gravity, I guess. Gravity wins like director and a bunch of craft categories, but doesn't have the passion to win best picture. Villeneuve could be that person this year, but I wonder. I think Dune will have passion. I just don't know if we'll have Academy passion. Yeah, it'll definitely have passion. I think it's going to be a lot of people's favorite movie of the year. I think of all time. I feel like that's going to be some people's Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I think what we need to consider is like, (laughs) what if this film is like, you know, it's not going to be the film that brings us back to the theaters. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to make that claim, especially with Delta coming up. Fucking Delta, bitch. But Delta. Oh, oh, Delta. Never mind. I thought you meant a movie called Delta. (laughs) Villeneuve, like, for him to win, he would have to really, like, blow everyone away. Because, like, I, I feel like the Critics' Choice could easily nominate him. They always do, like, seven to eight s- slots. And the Globes would probably nominate him. But they don't. it doesn't look like they're going to happen this year. But the DJs have their stupid rule where any movie that is, doesn't have an exclusive theatrical release for at least a week is ineligible. And then the BAFTAs could also snub him unless he's auteurie enough. So that could be a problem with visibility. I mean, we all know what happened with Carrie and Viola and actress. I know it's a different case, but when that race was so fucked up and the Baptists just snubbed them, they, they couldn't, they couldn't have the visibility they needed to, to win. And I fear if that, if director becomes like that, then Villeneuve could have the same problem. Um, yeah, it's possible. It's just like, Villeneuve has well first of all I I I disagree with you when you say it's not going to be the movie to bring people back to theaters because I think it it will I'm not making Um, the claim about I'm not making that claim about any movie yeah I guess because because Delta and everything but at the same time I think we're getting to a point where you know I mean people have already gone back to theaters People are, are kind of craving that communal experience, that big movie where they go see it with everyone and there's like a sense of normality again. And I think Dune could be that. Um, it really depends on like when Delta hits or if it, if it prevents that from happening. But um, I, I think, you know, Dune's the kind of movie that is going to blow a lot of people away and, I'd, I'd be surprised if it's not a huge hit financially and critically. I mean, HBO Max is also going to be kind of fucking it a little bit. True, but 
isn't it going to theaters first and then going to HBO Max? No, that's why it's no, ineligible. Same day. That's why it's ineligible for DGA. Uh, Dune is ineligible for DGA because of their stupid rule that you have to have an exclusive theatrical release, and Dune's not getting that. Apparently. Okay, so the, so everyone in this situation's wrong. Um, let me explain <laughs> real quick. It isn't eligible for a DGA because it has to have something like a month of theatrical release, and Dune's coming out exclusively to theaters for one week. Yes. Yeah. Wait, is it coming? To one yeah, friend, I have we... not heard that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the deal they made with Geneva and you because he was threatening to sue. Yeah, I heard that too. That mm-hmm. it's going to theaters and then it's going to HBO Max. So one week. Oh, so, he, and, so and it's it... not like um since they work in a movie theater, we get a schedule, and they highlight all the ones that are also coming to streaming. And Dune is it highlighted, so that means it's not immediately coming to streaming. Oh, so it is eligible for DGA now. I don't know if it's eligible for DGA because I don't know the um, how long it has to be exclusive in theaters. Someone double check that for me real quick. I'm looking right now and I'm seeing nothing. Well, while you're doing that, I'll just move on to Guillermo real quick. Because, I mean, Guillermo, he, he's won before. Like He's the only one, at least in my top five, who's won before. And he could win again if this movie is like so visually stylish, and it and it will be. The thing that concerns me though, Nightmare Alley just smells so much like early frontrunner syndrome, like The Irishman, for example, or you know even like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it won a couple of things, but you know it didn't go the distance to a Best Picture or Director or Screenplay win. That, that's just what it feels like to me, you know? And that's kind of what I see here with director, because that usually affects director. And of course, you know, last year it happened with Meg Fincher. I mean, I, again, as I said, I don't even think Fincher was number two, but you have to consider that maybe, you know, these early front runners who are considered like picture director, picture winners and the only picture probably aren't going to win director either. And that's kind of how I feel about Guillermo, but Guillermo in terms of like, who's getting nominated is probably the biggest lock. Yeah. Easy, easy. Mm-hmm. He's definitely getting nominated. I, I agree with all of that actually. So then I would assume everyone is PTA and like, that's like the four that everyone seems to agree on mm-hmm. Go, going down the list on gold derby. Joel Cohen is number four. Stupid. That's not. not. Macbeth apparently is super weird. It was rejected from Venice. And it seems to be confirmed because the source on Awards Worthy is apparently super credible. Jordan Rumi of World of of Real. It's a mouthful. um, Spoke to someone who saw it and said it was like the lighthouse. That sounds awesome. I don't think the Academy is going to think the same way. And That's I th- interesting. Hmm. And I've always had just had this feeling that Macbeth wasn't going to be accessible enough for the Academy, even with a ranking scale with 10 slots. I think the amount that Gold Derby is hyping that movie up is insane. Ridiculous. I do not think it'll get nominated for picture. Yeah, I took it out. Yeah, I, I think it's really... To me, it like screams Moraine's Black Bottom. 
But it's weird to think that it's the lighthouse. That's that's interesting. I mean, we don't know how credible the source is, but I mean, if Venice really did reject this movie, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Um, Ridley Scott is number six. Listen, I have made my stance on House of Gucci. I don't think it's as big a thing as you guys think it is or as everyone else think it is. You guys can call me crazy all you want. I don't fucking care. Even you have to admit Ridley Scott is not getting nominated for House of Gucci. I, I think after that trailer, I would bet more on him getting nominated for The Last Duel than House of Gucci. Honestly, you're not wrong. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. I, I think, okay, so I think House of Gucci is still getting into picture, even though the trailer is stinker. Uh, it I looks like a goddamn Lifetime movie. <laughs> it's, to me, it's probably going to be like, like from what I, from the trailer, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be like a trial of Chicago 7, where a lot of the critics rank it last in the Best Picture nominees in terms of like rankings. Um, but it has, you know, enough industry, uh, enough of an industry push, enough of an audience push to get in there. Uh, it'll probably get some acting nominations. I don't think it's really going to win anything, though. Yeah, I mean, I never fully dismissed Gucci for a nom. I'm just, I just don't feel good vibes from this film. It looks like a fucking Lifetime movie. It looks like an episode of Modern Family but based on the cinematography. Last it, it really Duel, does. Last Duel looks awesome. I mean, it looks so good. It looks better than Gucci. I'm so hyped for Last Duel. <laughs> Um, Steven Spielberg, West Side Story. I have been adamant that he's getting snubbed because they don't like remakes. And Spielberg isn't even that popular with the director's branch anymore. He's only gotten in for Lincoln since, like, what, 2010? <laughs> I, I just... I mean, I, I don't think he really deserves to get in. I mean, I don't, I don't either, but I don't think West Side Story is going to have the passion it needs. I think it's going to get a Star is Born or Little Women just doesn't make the cut best director. And Greta Gerwig was a previous director nominee too. It just, I don't know. That's what it screams to me. That's what it screams to me personally. Yeah. I'm thinking the movie will get nominated for picture and a lot of other categories, but not director. And I feel like the movie's going to suck. You're not going to lie. Yeah. I'm oh, not really. You guys that. are mean. It's going to be I, so good. Yeah, thank you, Tristan. Oh, sorry. Uh, I thought, okay, I'm still recovering and I'm sick. I thought you were talking about House of Gucci. Still. Yeah. Um, I think West Side Story will be like a six out of ten. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling. I'm more excited for Tick Tick Boom. Yeah, I am too. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the movie looks kind of lit. I don't, okay, okay, I don't, okay. Tick Tick Boom is going to be awesome. Uh, it's going to be awesome, but I don't understand how people would think it's going to be a Best Picture nominee. I think that's, that's bizarre. Yeah, definitely not. Real quick, real okay. I'm, I'm looking at Gold right now. Why the hell is Sean Hader number eight for Coda? Because no Gold Derby is oddly pushing Coda a lot. And yeah. All the, it's like, I love, so I love Coda as like a movie and whatnot. I think it's really weird the worst season, like, push like like it's complicated because if it does get awards i'm gonna be happy for the movie but the movie isn't uh like it isn't a mass it isn't a dune in terms of 
like it's not Oscar awards. Yeah, it's not Oscar. It's, it's a very simple coming of age story. Yeah, it's yeah. enjoyable. I think, yeah, because at the end of the day, the Oscars are awarding not the most enjoyable movie of the year, but the the best achievement in filmmaking. And I don't think Coda is that, even if it's like one of the movies from this year that's going to make you feel good and you you might take a lot away from it but it's from a filmmaking standpoint it's not one of the best things well let's be real the green knight should win every award but uh, no let's let's save this for another day okay (laughs) green knight should win every award including uh best foreign documentaries i even a category it's not even a I mean, but <laughs> can't even speak right now. Um, by the way, since we're kind of like on break, I'm just seeing Dune same day release, October 22nd on HBO Max and theaters. Well, we have insider information, man. Huh. Weird. Yeah, right, so that? it might be Brett got insider information because yeah. that the movie theater thing is interesting. Um, I read that though. Like it was on Twitter. There's a lot of it being like Denis Villeneuve did a whole essay being like, hey, I don't like this at all. This is all because you want to make money and you're killing my chance of making a sequel. And so, and so they've been fighting, but at the end, it's October 22nd, same day in theaters and on HBO Max. Let me just say one last thing about Coda real quick. I know like a lot of people are going to compare it to Minari because of one Sundance. Oh, Minari won Sundance in South Dakota. So was gonna... Minari was a family drama that dealt with the American dream and, and was like a landmark in Asian representation. And it, it just had more passion of what Coda is going to have. It's also yeah. much better directed. Sean, it's also Coda is a better movie. Yeah, Minari is also Coda's way better. A much- yeah. Coda's a much lighter film than Minari 2, I think. And yeah. Like it's like a good Saturday, Sunday <coughs> movie. I guess Minari is too. I don't know. Also, let's Just be real. Minari benefited from a weaker field. Minari yeah. is a piece of art. Coda's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> um, Asgar for how to a hero. I unfortunately think his chances are kind of done. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, but that leaves room for Paulo Sorrentino. Or Joachim Trier for the worst person in the world. Heck yeah. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. Um, Wes Anderson. Can we just can we just can we just say it? Edgar Wright's getting nominated. Yeah. I maybe maybe I think it's happening even if the movie doesn't get nominated for picture. Okay, Brett, you are crazy. I think the movie is getting nominated for. I think the movie is. I think so too. But I think even if it misses, he can still get into director. I have this. He is so overdue at this point. Like, guys, the thing about Edgar Wright is that he is not making academy friendly movies, which is fine. He is like, he's kind of the, the cult filmmaker that everyone loves. Like, he's making the cult classics and stuff. He's even admitted this like on Twitter before. He's like, yeah, I'm not making movies for awards. But Last Night of Soho seems like by far and away the most prestigious thing he's made. And it seems like it's definitely hearkening to a cult movie that's more like um, Don't Look Now or The Innocents or something like that. And I think that's something that the Academy members are going to appeal to. 
And even if it misses out on picture, which I think it'll get in, we'll get into it later. I think it could be a, a David Lynch situation where they just throw him in the director. People are like, whoa. I, I, mean, I, I, would get, I would get him right now on your 100 to 1 odds on Gold Derby. I think, he, I think it'll pay off. Let me caution everyone just real quick. I am not discounting Soho for Best Picture or Edgar Wright for Director. I would wait for reactions because from what I understand, Focus wants to push Belfast. And they will only pivot to Soho if its reactions are through the roof. But its reactions will be through the roof. But- so that means if if we go TIFF, we have to like hype it up <laughs> online. Yeah, we have to. Well, the thing is... I'll these- just post a video of myself screaming for two minutes straight and see how well, that works. I have, I have more. I have more. These distribution companies, though, they they come up with a strategy before the festival, but it's tentative because... The festival changes everything. Award I understand that. I understand that. Like Belfast, I mean, look, Kenneth Branagh is a crappy director. He's absolutely <laughs> horrible. Like, when was Be the chick. last time he's made a good movie? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I mean, Artemis Fowl. Artemis Fowl, the best picture. Artemis. Artemis Fowl. I mean, he's a horrible director. Like, are we Artemis really Fowl is any... the greatest American masterpiece in the last 28 years. Yeah, one best picture, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, I will caution, like, everyone's like, oh, we got to find the, the, the thrill. We got to find the get out, the parasite, the promising young woman. Those movies had some kind of social commentary to them that made it happen. You know, Get Out was racism. Parasite was classified. Promising Woman was rape culture. What does Last Night in Soho have in terms of social commentary? Social commentary. Uh, Edgar Wright deserves more I, love. It looks like, like <laughs> we all haven't seen the movie, but it, but I don't know. Like the trailer does give vibes around like dating culture. I don't. I don't know. I'm getting like. I think it looks like, like a sort of a sort of persona e thing where you like you for you kind of forget your own identity if you get lost. Look, look yeah, I would can... just I'll just wait for the reactions to, before I decide whether or not to put him on or to move on a picture. I think screenplay could happen though. Um, it could maybe lean into the whole like social media thing where like, um, you know, we're we're so caught up in like likes and follows and personas. That we kind of lose ourselves in that. I'm just yeah. trying to caution you guys. Um, I don't need caution because I know that Edgar Wright is getting in. Sure. Oh, okay. Legit. Legit. I'm just going to make a case study real quick for this. The Suicide Squad is a movie about American imperialism. Therefore, it should get nominated for Best Picture. Because it is a genre film about something. Gosh. And in this essay, uh... <laughs> um, Wes Anderson, The French Dispatch. I mean, I don't know, to be honest. Is anyone else feeling like the hype for that movie kind of is dead? In a no, way, yeah. Hype is dead. I think Wes Anderson stands are going to love it like myself. I think it'll be great. I mean, um, and I think it'll end up doing really well. I just don't think it'll end up being a winning a winning conversation. I think it'll just be there. I think I have it out of picture right now, but I don't think I think it could still happen. A picture nomination could still happen. It's just it's just not Budapest. I don't think this movie is going to be as successful as Budapest, and I think people are starting to see that. 
But I think it's going to be such a tech player because, like, people are saying it's even more impressive than Budapest in terms of, like, uh, cinematography and production. So I think it's going to be such a tech player that it just um, it automatically gets a picture nomination. And and that could happen. I'm just like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm throwing caution to the wind a little bit with Wes. Um, So people didn't. Oh, sorry. sorry. It would just be so cool somehow the Suicide Squad got um oscar attention i know it would never happen but like goodness gracious can you imagine if that's the turn the season goes I, black panther happens so yeah but that's, that's a different thing like whenever yeah, black totally different thing. february i was like yeah that's getting nominated for picture same um yeah but the suicide squad is a deep movie that's all I'll say then there's um Adam McKay, don't look up. Listen, look, look, I know you guys are bullish on don't look up not being good. I don't think it's going to be good. I read the screenplay. It's horrible. Adam McKay has gotten nominated both times he's gotten for picture. If don't look up gets in for picture, which is probably happening, he could easily get in. He could easily get in, but I think he's like the top of the block. And I think after that, like, thing I sent in the group chat about how, like, DiCaprio, um, they kind of and the director helped improv the script a little more, and they got. I think it was like Bernie Sanders is someone who worked for Bernie Sanders. His David team Sorota, to, yeah, his campaign to work manager. On the script, yeah. I I I feel like this could be like an unexpected. I I think someone on this in this group said like they'll probably hit on like all the themes that we've experienced this past year in terms of like media coverage and whatnot. That'll probably hit hard with voters. I mean. The test screening like, reactions are overwhelmingly positive. I understand that there are movies that get positive test screening reactions that that flop. This is Adam McKay. Okay. He's not a nobody. This is Adam McKay. He could get in. I don't have him in right now, but it could happen. I don't know. I think if this movie gets in, it's going to be like a nine or 10 kind of thing where it just slips in. I don't see this being a huge contender. But again, like we haven't seen a full trailer or anything, so it's hard to gauge. But um, I mean, I don't see a lot of hype for the actors. And with a movie like that, you kind of need the acting hype to be there to be a strong DiCaprio Street. But yeah, but like DiCaprio, people have a like seven. Did you see six. the Olympics trailer? No, I didn't. He's like in the bathroom. He's screaming. It's, got, it's like that scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the trailer. I don't know. I'm still mad Adam McKay got nominated for Vice and Bradley Cooper didn't for a well, Star's Play. Well, I mean, I don't have him on either, but you gotta, you gotta consider him. You've got to consider him. Like, I think he's more likely than Spielberg and Ridley Scott and Wes Anderson, to be completely honest. Um, now let's entertain the possibility of other contenders. Kenneth Branagh, Belfast. I know you guys shat on him earlier, and, it's, <laughs> and he's kind of a meme. But if this movie is a contender, I mean, he can get in. Well, black and being white. amazing. I hope it is. I hope for his. I sake. hope it is. I mean, I, this is apparently like his Roma. It's black and white. It's very personal to him. If it appeals to that way, in the same way that kind of like Minari did, or in its Arturia's Roma, then like, yeah, he could get in. He's been nominated before. For director? Yes. Oh, for Henry VIII. Yeah, you're right. But that's his, like, wheelhouse. Like, he's, he's like, right in that Shakespeare scene. I mean, I don't know about... well, think about it this way. Think about it this way. 
Alfonso Cuaron was nominated for Gravity, one for Gravity. But then he was nominated for Roma, one for Roma. Inuritu was nominated for <coughs> Babel, didn't win. Nominated for Birdman, one. Nominated for Revenant, one. Like movies get nominated, people get nominated for like different styles of filmmaking all the time. No, I know that, but like those directors that you listed have generally like great reputations and haven't really made a ton of duds. And Kenneth Branagh for the past two decades has just been like crapping out awful movies. I mean, people have returns to the Oscars all the time. It's not it's not crazy to assume. He could pull a green book. God. <laughs> uh, um, Ridley Scott, The Last Duel. I think this is more like the Gucci, in all honesty. Um, if we're talking about director? yeah, yeah. Um, if we're talking about European directors, what is there? Like, Paolo Sorrentino, sure. For House of Gucci and The Last Duel. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> he's probably winning at that point. What what if he what if he pulls a Soderbergh and gets not made for both? Then he's probably winning because Soderbergh won. Um, in terms of like European directors, like Paolo Sorrentino, sure. Pedro Amadovar, previous nominee, he could pull it off. Why not? Um, I mean, you guys mentioned Edgar Wright. Uh, I'm going down Gold Derby. Like, uh, he Soderbergh that night lost and won an Oscar at the same time? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that um, wild? Let's see. A peach, a, why is a peach pong on here for, for Memoria? He's not getting nominated. Let's see. Aaron Sorkin being the Ricardos. They snubbed him for trial. I don't think they're going to nominate him for this. Andrew Dominique Blonde. Blonde is going to 2022. Uh, Stephen Carham, The Humans. If it's like The Father, I don't think he's happening. Um, oh, they have Ken LeBron for Death on the Nile. That's funny. Sean Penn, Flag Day. Yeah, I think these are all non-factors. So, I'm sure we all have top fives. I'll go first. Five, just for the odds, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. <laughs> Number four, PTA, Soggy Bottom. Number three, Guillermo del Toro, Nightmare Alley. Number two, Denis Villeneuve, Dune. Number one, Jane Campion, The Power of the Canine. All right. Somebody take it from there. Uh, five, Edgar Wright for Last Night in Soho. Four, Guillermo del Toro for Nightmare Alley. Three, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. Two, Paul Thomas Anderson for Soggy Bottom. One Denny Villeneuve for Dune. So Tristan, yeah, ours are exactly the same, but I have Paul Thomas Anderson at one and Denny Villeneuve at two. Nice. All right, Jared, go for it. I am trying to log into my Gold Derby and it's giving me problems. Wait, I'm logged in. Give me like two seconds. See to do. Um, <laughs> so five, I have Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Four, I have Jane Campton for The Power of the Dog. Three, I have Del Toro for Nightmare Alley. Two, I have Denis Villeneuve for Dune. And one, I have Paul Thomas Anderson for Soggy Bottom. Bet. All right. Let's move on to Best Actress. The category that always 
fucks me in the ass. Goodness <laughs> gracious, rephrase <laughs> Okay. In all seriousness, this category is fucked, just like last year's was. I mean, goodness gracious me, there's like 11 people at least who could get nominated. And why is, of all people, <laughs> Lady Gaga number one on Cold Derby? I, I, don't, aye, I, don't, aye, aye. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I think it's kind of the stands pushing her. I mean, how many Oscar voters are stands, buddy? All of them. Sure. Okay. Let's be realistic. There is a, I think, fairly solid chance Lady Gaga does not get nominated. But if she does get nominated, I don't think she's going to win. And let me explain why. The Academy has a disproportionate bias against female antiheroes. I'm talking people like Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction, you know, or uh, Rosamund Pike and Gone Girl, um, Margot Robbie and I, Tanya, and of course, most recently, Carrie Mulligan and Promising Young Woman all lost to much safer performances. Oh, man. Safer <laughs> my butt. We're not having this conversation again. Lady Gaga is going to be added to that list. If you're going to be a female anti-hero, you have to win. You have to be like Charlize Theron, who was doing a physical transformation. And there was some degree of novelty in Charlize Theron just playing against type, playing a serial killer, a real-life serial killer. Like, that's the type of thing you have to do if you're going to be a female anti-hero and win. So Lady Gaga is just not going to... She's just not going to win. She's not going to win she may not even get nominated to be honest with you but i don't know i am pretty confident about her getting a nomination especially if gucci gets in but yeah i agree with you it's i mean i don't know it doesn't seem like a winning performance yeah it's a little over the top with the accent and everything now we also have to consider the thief in the tragedy macbeth i the rightful winner she was not the rightful winner um, she is the thief. Okay, I'll just use her real name, Frances McDormand, in the tragedy of Macbeth. If this movie is as weird as we think it is, she could just miss at the end of the day. And the role of Lady Macbeth is more supporting anyway. Granted, apparently, A twenty four wants to push her lead. Whatever. So I don't know. I don't know. She could. She could miss at the end of the day. So respect is is out. Respect has mm-hmm. reviews. Yep. Um they're about what, what what was expected of it, to be honest. There's something I want to say is like from my point of view, every review seems to be like, yeah, it's a formulaic biopic, but Jennifer Hudson is stealing the show. She's running with that performance. Like even like the very negative ones seem to be praising Jennifer Hudson. So I moved her one step higher on my gold jury projections. Well, the thing about um, I 
there's there's people who say, oh my god, she's amazing, she's great, she she steals the whole thing, and there's somewhere like, yeah, she's good, but like she's it's not. There aren't she doesn't have the same raves that like Renee Zellweger had with Judy, which I don't understand at all. Really, I maybe I wasn't looking. I didn't feel the hype for Judy for Renee Zellweger. No, the Judy hype was immediately like, oh, she's winning an Oscar. I'm not feeling that for respect at all. Yeah, yeah I don't no. even think she's getting nominated. No, I don't think so either. Uh, she could miss. She could. I... I mean, look, the thing is, she could easily get in. Like, SAG apparently gave her a standing ovation. That doesn't shock me at all. And it, 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 it has, like, the same, like, audience scores as, like, Harriet, right? So, like, she's a plausible nominee. But not a plausible winner, and I could I could see it being like a Rocket Man situation at, at the end of the day. That's what I was just about to bring. Could this be a um, they nominated Rami Malek, so they don't nominate Taron Egerton, and they nominated I forgot the actress's name. I'm so sorry, but the one who played Billie Holiday last year, Andrew so Day. Andrew Day. So they might not nominate um, Jennifer Hudson for respect. And well, Jen- Audrey Day feels like she was there because there was not as much competition. And also, that's true. The impression I get, at least from like the Oscar expert and you know our boy, the film drunk, is that Andrew Day did more than Jay Hud is doing here. Which you know I guess is true. I haven't seen Respect yet. And Jay Hud, yeah, it's not are you like- gonna watch Respect? <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. Uh, I might watch it too. It looks so boring. <laughs> it does, but I, I just, I'm, a, I'm a completionist when it comes to this thing. Um, but I mean, I think if it were the case where like Jennifer Hudson hadn't been nominated, that would be one thing. Like in the past, but like she has, she's won. She won, yeah, for Dream Girls. So I don't think they're in any rush to give her another. Um, and like this came out in August, mm-hmm. people aren't really talking about it at all. Um, so it's not going to have that like festival push that Judy had. And then, yeah. And like, people don't seem to be that impressed with her. They don't like, it's not like she's doing anything different from any of these other music biopic performances. So I, I don't think she even gets nominated here. Yeah, she she might not, honestly. Like, honestly, best actress. I mean, I know I jokingly said earlier, oh, this category always fucks me in the ass. No, this this category is really hard. And I could see like a bunch of people getting nominated. I could see maybe six potential winners, too. And I'm gonna talk about one of them who is not on Gold Derby yet. But needs to be Olivia Coleman and the Lost Daughter, which is playing at Venice pretty soon. And I've looked into the role. It seems like a really emotional, kind of like, you know, heartfelt role she's doing with some kind of like trauma and grief, from what I understand. And you know, it's it's written and directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal. And 
she's an actor and actors are typically really good at directing other actors, you know, and movies directed by actors get people Oscars acting Oscars a lot, you know, look at Denzel Washington directing Viola Davis um, to her Oscar, just as an example. So, you know, and even like the ones that don't win, like, Greta Gerwig was able to get, um, you know, Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf nominated, you know, and, you know, you know, other like actors like, you know, Jordan Peele, Regina King, Emerald Fennell are able to get their actors nominated because they were also actors and they're good at directing other actors. So if this, if we know Olivia Coleman's an amazing actress, she very deservedly richly deserved um won an oscar for the favorite and you know she could just be amazing again like she was excellent in the father and i would have been perfectly happy with her winning even though yoon and cypher were better and who knows she she could she, she could just wow us again and we would be like, oh shit, Olivia Coleman's about to win another Oscar. What if, what if she gets up to the awards ceremony after winning this Oscar and she unties her um, human flesh outfit and it's actually Glenn Close? Dun, dun, dun. Wait, she was wearing a human flesh outfit? Wait. Yeah, so, so, what? so Glenn Close skinned <laughs> Olivia Coleman alive in war <laughs> for this movie. Oh my god. This got needlessly dark. And so then, at the award ceremony, she finally won an Oscar. Oh, and then she comes out of the flesh and she's like, yeah. it's not called The Lost Daughter, it's called The Lost Coleman. <laughs> the, lost, the, the Lost Oscar for Glenn Close. It's not The Lost Daughter, it's too hillbilly, too elegy. Kiss my ruby red asshole. <laughs> that was a movie, oh my gosh. I don't know. Really though, I, like, is that a Rob Bologna sandwich? Olivia Coleman's one of these actresses that, like, while she she's gonna have a lot of roles that get her Oscar nominations, she's also gonna have a lot of nothing roles that people immediately think will get her but, nominated, and then they just start. Tristan, this is not a nothing role. But it's Maggie Gyllenhaal. She's an actor directing another actor. You know, you know which studio is doing this movie? Distributing it? Netflix. Oh, that's mm, yeah. Did you say Pure Flix? No. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but Netflix already has their their like their horses in the race. I feel like Netflix always has so many like contenders. Like I don't Netflix. see why she can't be the Vanessa Kirby of this year, at least. I feel like this movie's going to be like the kindergarten teacher. You know that movie? It's directed by the same person. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The kindergarten teacher is my favorite movie of the decade. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it could be something, but I like people thought The Friend was going to be something because it had um like Casey Affleck and Dakota Johnson in it and it's about cancer and it's a great movie I love it it's super underrated but it really like it's nothing when it comes to like Oscars so I feel like 
that's what this movie's gonna be. Well, it could be like High Flying Bird. <laughs> that's true. Goodness gracious me. <laughs> anyway, imagine comparing anyway. a movie to High Flying Bird. <laughs> um, <laughs> that even existed. I'm scrolling down the list on Gold Derby. We have uh, at number four Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which um, you guys seem to be more confident in than I am. You, because... you said for you were for a while like, yeah, go. And then all of a sudden you're like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, in my defense, in my defense, in my defense, I am, it's a topic I'm fairly interested in and I like the actors involved. So when the show dropped, I was like, oh, this looks interesting. But I saw it again. I saw the trailer again. And as I watched it again, it just, something just seemed really off. It started giving me major hillbilly elegy vibes. (laughs) I don't know why. It just does not look that good. It looks so, it just looks so corny. Like the makeup on Jessica Chastain looks so fake. It's not even like vice makeup where it's like, oh, like, I mean, this at least looks makes Christian Bale actually look like Dick Cheney. Like Jessica Chastain just looks like she's she's doing some weird like SNL sketch, or you know, or she she looks like Susan Sarandon playing Betty Davis and Ryan Murphy's feud. It, it just doesn't look right. What's feud? It's a Ryan Murphy miniseries about um a feud <laughs> between Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Yeah, those are the names. Which is another discussion for another time. Yeah. A retrospective. Anyway. Small incantation. It just, I don't know. It just doesn't look right. Like, if she's great in the movie, then okay. You know, I'll buy into it. Excuse me, so sorry. I don't know. This movie just gives you such weird vibes, and I don't know what what makes y'all so confident in it. Because it looks like I Tonya. I, I mean, I guess, I guess. I feel like it's one of those performances that even if the movie took a six out of ten, she'll get nominated. I mean, sure, but to there's me, people. It, look, it looks like the exact same tone as I Tonya. Margot Robbie oh. could be nominated for. Harley Quinn the Suicide Squad. Well, Aitanya was more of like a in your face, like like this seems like a like standard, it's, like this is her life and yeah. what she did to help people. I think like again, I don't know much about the true life story because I think I also want this movie to kind of help tell me, but it seems like it, like that like makeup that she wears and the way she looks is just like how women kind of looked in like the 80s I wish we send the 80s right well not like all women but like she's supposed role. to look like the real person and what does the real person look like like I mean, that kind of similar exactly. yeah like I mean like look at this real life picture like well, no, she didn't I, look I the most like like, she looks amazing, but she wasn't, like, Nancy from Stranger Things who were talking about, like, 80s women, you know? Okay, sure, sure, sure. I, I get, I get. 
they made Jessica Chastain look unattractive. That's already best makeup. That's almost impossible. See, like that's the way I sense to the group chat. That's how she really looks like. Maybe maybe that's why I'm I'm um getting Itanya vibes because in Itanya they made Margot Robbie look unattractive. Now okay, well, an even <laughs> bigger, an even bigger challenge would be looking making Carrie Mulligan look unattractive. But anyways, um. It'll probably happen at some point. It's called promising. I'm just kidding. That was yeah, I was thinking joke, that. Joke, <laughs> joke, joke. No. It was just a bit. It was just a bit. Anyway, before I light your house on fire, <laughs> um, I Sonya also is just this. It's really bold, you know, unabashedly feminist type movie. And, you know, as we were talking about with Lady Gaga, she's, you know, she's got a lot of very question. She's like an anti-hero. She's got very questionable morals, which is not something that the Academy likes to reward in terms of wins. This does not look like that, which I would wager that Chastain would have a better shot at winning than Gaga. But I don't know that. Like, like, because people are talking about like Jessica Chastain could win. Like a bunch of like experts on Gold Derby have her winning, and I'm like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Okay. So, what's everyone's thought about um, Jody Comer for Free Guy? Well, I was going to talk about <laughs> Jody Comer in the last duel. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the last duel, to be honest. Yeah, that was yeah. the whole bit. I was she is in yeah, Free she's Guy. The, she's the main like, actress in Free Guy. Oh, I'm seeing it tomorrow. I'm pretty excited. Oh, nice. It's going to suck, but I'm going to see it on Wednesday. So I was going to save Jody Comer for later, but since Brett triggered the <laughs> conversation, Jody Comer, I think we're sleeping on. I said this to the chat the other day. She really does seem like she fits that ingenue, like buzzy performance that gets people talking. And she's also playing a, just a very sympathetic character in, in a Me Too film. And it, it, it gives me vibes of Jodie Foster in The Accused. And you know what Jodie Foster won for The Accused? Best Actress. So, and Jodie Comer, I just, I just not realized they have the same first name, who is an Emmy Award winner, a BAFTA winner, and has a bunch of stands already. She's only 28 years old. She's in a Ridley Scott movie. And I know I was dogging The Last Duel for a long time because of how fucking ridiculous Ben Affleck and Matt Damon still look in that movie but being objective here Comer has a serious opportunity to not only get nominated but potentially win if she just follows that standard Brie Larson Emma Stone ingenue route you know now, granted, those movies were, well, okay, La La Land was, Room was not. Um, not what? A, a major best picture contender. 
which oh, I, I'd say Room was. I think Room was top four, top five. It, I mean, it got a director nomination. It was one of the most shockingly. Most people rank it number two. I think that year. Yeah, but like, it, it was it big compared to Big Short, Revenant, Spotlight, Mad Max. Uh, I'd say it's number five. Like above the Martian, above. Um, maybe, maybe Brooklyn maybe. above Bridges Five, just not in contention to like win or anything. Yeah, maybe not best picture, but it was a big thing. But like you know, last duel probably won't be. Yeah, but I could see Comer riding that that wave to a win in best actress. And I mean, I, I've been tempted to put her number one, but. My number one right now uh, is pr- probably an even crazier prediction. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I, I agree with you uh, for Jodie Comer. Like she's she's from um, Killing Eve, I think, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. written yeah. by Emerald Fennell. Emerald Fennell. Wow, yeah, that's cool that she wrote it. Um, yeah, Jodie Comer. I feel like she could be a big deal. Even if the movie's not a big deal. Point is, Jodie Comer should not be underestimated. No, no, no. No way. Now, uh, Kristen Stewart in Spencer. Um, bit of an interesting case here. Like, a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of on trend of like, oh, yeah, she's she's winning for this. Like, she was my number one and everything. I've cooled on that now. And the reason for this is because it is Pablo Lorraine. It is going to be a very weird film. This movie's apparently already been test screened in like LA. And uh, reactions say it's kind of like Uncut Gems and Shiva Baby, where it kind of all takes place in her head. And it's about the anxiety that she's facing during this whole, you know separation between her and prince charles which i mean that sounds amazing but is this something the academy is willing to go for that being said pablo lorraine was able to get natalie portman a nomination for jackie and the film got a couple of other nominations as well and neon is pushing it and has some more prestige um people attached to it you've got the cinematographer of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. You've got um, Jacqueline Duran as costume designer. She won two Oscars for Anna Karenina and uh, Little Women, uh, 2019 version. Uh, you've got Johnny Greenwood doing the score. It, it's a bit more of a prestige project. So, you know, it could happen for her, but... You know, she. how many Academy members are going to see her as more than just the Twilight girl? Because I don't think international bodies will have a problem nominating her. She's more well-known as the indie darling over there. She basically won the French Oscar. But will American Oscar voters be willing to vote for her to win Best Actress? Winning is a bit iffy, but I think a nomination is certainly viable. And um, I, I think the fact that it's at Venice and TIFF is is a big deal. 
Um, and also, she's playing uh, Princess Diana, who's such a, like a beloved figure. People really are invested in Princess Diana, and there hasn't been a movie made about her yet. So I think it is going to do pretty well with audiences, even if the movie is kind of weird. People are going to go and watch it. And I don't think the movie is going to be that weird. I think if anything, it might be like anxiety inducing, but that could work well for the film. So yeah, I'm, I've, I've got Kristen Stewart at number one at the moment, uh, just because I, I feel pretty confident that she'll be nominated. I'm not sure about winning yet, but she's just the one that I'm, I'm keeping my eye out for. I mean, I think that's a good call to make to keep her keep your eye out for her. you know the same way that I'm doing the same for Jody Comer it's just kind of weird i guess i don't know i want to address this possibility of Kirsten Dunst going lead because it seems like her role in the book could be borderline but apparently netflix does not know where they're going to campaign her yet i'm assuming she's supporting right now but yeah. i'm supposed to be getting the book sometime soon you know as as long as my payment option gets verified fucking amazon jeff bezos cunt um whoa <laughs> uh sorry for being so vulgar but um you know depending on what happens there i might switch her to lead and if she is lead i think she could win um and it would just kind of push everyone down a little bit the concern is, you know, is she enough of a lead in order to win and lead? And we'll get to this later, but Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, we'll be talking about him later. He might, he may still suffer for Thunder, but we'll see. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a, a two-hand movie where <coughs> uh, as long as she goes supporting, which I think she will. Um, I, I think there's a possibility both her and Cumberbatch could win. I mean, I agree with that, yeah. If, they're both, if she's supporting. Yeah. Um, so, another contender who we, we should consider, um, Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, the new Pedro Amadovar film. A new trailer dropped today. It's not in English subtitles, the one I saw. But she looks like she's going to be doing some stuff. It's just the thing is, is that pa- Parallel Mothers, it, it just doesn't blow me, blow me away. Like, I'm, I'm interested to see it. Don't get me wrong. I think it'll be good. But it just kind of looks like everything Pedro Almodovar has already done. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. It looks like it looks like All About My Mother meets Talk to Her. All right. All right, you guys getting comfortable because we're getting close to my um, crazy win. This next one is Kate Blanchett, Nightmare Alley, um, who is 10 on Gold Derby for some strange reason. Um, I guess because people don't know if she's leader supporting. I mean, I would bet I would bet your ass that they're going to make it that she's more of a lead. You bet your ass they're going to do that. And the thing yeah. is, is like, She's definitely getting nominated. Definitely getting nominated. Winning is not impossible. I don't know. I would still hold off on that one. I'm just not confident she's lead yet. Because, I don't know. 
based on the original, like that character didn't have that much of a like that big of a role. So it might be a little difficult to campaign her and lead. But as I said, you you bet your ass are gonna make her. You're gonna make her lead, though. I mean, think about it this way: Viola Davis got nominated last year for a borderline supporting performance in a movie where she was overshadowed by her co-star. A movie that was snubbed for best picture. Kate Blanchett can most certainly do the same thing. Just her film is like a major contender as well. Yeah. I think it just depends on how meaty her role is. Um, Oh, she's getting nominated for sure. Yeah. Uh, So then we have, um, oh boy, here comes the spice. Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos. Why is that spicy? Because I have her winning. Wait, oh, that's dumb. Yeah. (laughs) That's called George being wrong about something. I don't even think she's getting nominated. Yeah, probably Being the Ricardos more like you being the stupidos. Yeah, I agree. All right. Sit your ass down. Let me explain this. I was thinking, what's wrong with you, stupido? That's all I thought about. (laughs) Let me explain, fuckers. So, similarly to the last duel, I've been kind of shitting on uh, being the Ricardos. Um, Because it's not really... I just feel like we've had so much Sorkin fatigue. And this project just seems really weird. Like the casting of Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball on its face just makes you go, I don't know about that. And, you know, same with Javier Bardem as, um, oh, what's his face? Desi Arnaz. But, and this may be as, you know, being, being as ridiculous as I was, uh, with Carrie, although I am not in Nicole Kidman's stand, like a lot of people on Awardsworthy are, it feels Nicole Kidman feels like a new actress now, where she wins for the hours. And, you know, I mean, I know Tristan hates that movie, but whatever. I do. She, you know, she does a lot of other stuff, she gets other nominations. You know, she goes. She she does TV with being with Big Little Lies, wins an Emmy for it. Then, like all of a sudden, she has this new form of respect. It's it's almost like she's just completely, like transformed herself as an actress, and now she's just she's just doing something completely different to what she was doing before. That reminds me a lot of Frances McDormand when she won for Three Billboards. You know, she wins for Fargo. She gets other nominations, she gets other roles and stuff. Uh, she does all of Kitteridge, which is that eight, which is also HBO. She wins an Emmy for it. And then all of a sudden, when Three Billboards comes out, she has this whole new like she has a she has a new level of respect, but it's like a different kind of respect. As if again, she just shedded who she, her former actress self and grew into a new actress, grew into some new skin. Yeah, that's true. She kind of went from like the kind of quirky side character to like 
one of the greatest actresses of all time. And, you know, Kidman, while she's not necessarily like, it's, it's still kind of a transformative role and she's always been known for that. She does feel like a new actress after Big Little Lies in, in a very weird way. And those types of narratives help people. And it could help her here. Now, I'm fully aware of the fact that my prediction of her winning could easily flop. You know, I mean, a lot of people were predicting Michelle Pfeiffer would win last year for French Exit. But it, it's kind of a gut feeling I have. And it's why I think at some point in the near future, Charlize Theron is going to win another Oscar. Because she also feels like a completely new actress, you know, especially after Mad Max. So that's what I'm going with right now. I am fully aware that I'm probably driving off the cliff Feldman Louise style, but fuck it. <laughs> I, I, I do agree with you about Nicole Kidman. I don't know about Charlize, to be honest. But uh, Nicole, yes. Reese Witherspoon could do a similar thing. Maybe, 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 maybe. That would be cool. And if it, it, it will happen eventually, I don't know if it'll be for being the Ricardos, but it's going to happen eventually. Definitely. Last person I want to mention: Rachel Zegler and West Side Story. Heck um, yeah! Now, Natalie Wood was not nominated for the first one. You know, albeit she was she was nominated for something else, and she was you know. She was in brown face. Um, but it feels like this role doesn't really get that much hype. It's weird because like the other characters like are like, you know, Anita, where she's like iconic. Doesn't necessarily feel like Maria is. And I just saw the original West Side Story for the first time recently. And I definitely was more invested in Anita as a character than anyone else. That being said, there seems to be a lot of hype behind her. And she's like this upcoming star, especially on Broadway. So there's a route for her to get a nomination. It's just the thing is, is she going to be like Sir Sharona and Little Women and Ariana DeBose as Florence Pugh? Or is Ariana DeBose the only one who lands a nomination? I think Zegler has a chance, but she'd be riding with the film. So I think the film has to be a huge thing for her to get in. While I think Debozy could just get in, even if the movie doesn't really have any chance at winning Best Picture or if it's not this huge success. Um, I think Debozy could still get in because she's such a big actress on like the broadway scene and supporting actresses and as competitive yeah it, it, it it's all about passion as well and i don't think west side story is going to have any real passionate support i don't know yeah I don't Trist, know, man. man you guys are just everyone said that about little women too and i'm like just wait and now everyone well, i feel like little women was like everyone's gonna love that squad of girl when doing little women yeah, but when the trailer dropped, people were like legitimately like not happy. Well, those people are dumb people. I, I don't necessarily I mean I'm talking about passion in the industry. You know, film Twitter had passion for little women, but you know, and they're 
probably not going to have passion for West Side Story, but will the industry have passion for it? Is the question. I don't think they're going to. Um, anyway, 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 anyway. Top five time. Uh, so I have Olivia Coleman for the Lost Hour my five, but she's not on Goldery yet. So in her place, I have Penelope Cruz, who would be my six. After her, I have Kristen Stewart and Spencer, Kate Blanchett and Nightmare Alley, Jodie Comer and Last Duel, and then I'm uh, free falling with Nicole Kidman at number one. Nice needle drop. Okay, so for me, as actress, I have five Lady Gaga, four Kristen Stewart, three Kirsten Dunst, two Francis McDormand, one Jessica Chester. I've got five Jodie Comer, four Lady Gaga, three Francis McDormand, two Jessica Chastain, one Kristen Stewart. By the way, I really don't think Jodie Comer is happening. I don't think that's going to happen. I have Just five. You wait. I have five: Christian Stewart, four: Rachel Zegler, three: Jennifer Hudson, two: Kate Blanchett, and one: Jessica Chastain. Bet. All right. So I forgot one. Okay. So I'm going to put in. Um. Joey King in the Kissing Booth three. <laughs> yeah. No, I was thinking of something stupid, and then they lost it. So that, we'll go with that. <laughs> All right, well, let's get on with best actor. Denzel Washington leads the Gold Derby odds for the tragedy of Macbeth. I mean, he's going to get a nomination. Will he win? Is the question? Because Idris Elba in the Suicide Squad. <laughs> he's probably supporting. But really, the thing is, is that like, I mean, I looked at the um, New York Film Festival um, description for this film, and they described the performances as being strikingly inward, which does not sound particularly Oscar friendly in terms of winning, you know. That, that, that implies he's a bit more subtle, which was not something I was expecting considering the beigeness of the role, and it is Denzel Washington. But subtle performances, we're not going to talk about The Thief right now because that was in a crazy situation, don't tend to win Oscars. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I'd, I would call Casey Affleck's performance subtle, and that was just a few years ago. He it wasn't like this kind of subtle. I think it was pretty subtle. I and I I I guess it depends on like what they mean by strikingly inward because they could mean like introspective and like very I don't know personal, or they could mean like super subtle. Perhaps, perhaps. But like the vibes I get from the film tell me it could be it could just be really subtle, kind of like because apparently some like German expressionist inspired shit, which I mean, that, again, that sounds cool. But will the Academy see it that way? Um, now, someone who 
I mean, I think Brett might have might have caught on by this point. Uh, something that a lot of people seem to be catching on to. Um, bend a dick cucumber batch. And the power of the dog. Yeah, he's winner. I agree. He's my number one. This role is super baity, super meaty. I just feel like people are going to come out of the power of the dog saying, oh my fucking God, Benedict Cumberbatch is ferociously good. I, this could be some like Daniel Day-Lewis and there will be bloodshed for all we know. I I mean, if as long as power of the dog is a big contender, which... I think it will be. This man is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I'm telling you, a fucking force. And uh, I'm glad Brett has caught on to this because, you know, in the TIFF tribute for Best Actor, last two winners, Anthony Hopkins, the father, Joaquin Phoenix and Joker. You want to know what they have in common? Uh-huh. I thought so. So yeah, I think um, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is uh, on his way to an Oscar for this one. The the surprise plot twist though is he's also in the theatrical life of Lewis, whatever. So he could be getting Oscar for that. <laughs> okay, okay, you joke, you joke, but that but him being in two movies would help him. I feel like the electrical life of Louis Wayne is going to be like the personal history of david Cockerham. i was literally about to say that oh my god nominated for both and we'll see what's on but that no no brett that's actually impossible in the acting wow. categories you literally cannot be nominated twice in the same category that'd be hilarious yeah. but yeah cumberbatch he's coming for it um will smith in king richard yeah. i don't know why i just feel like this is concussion all over again it's a bit of a wild card. It could be like, like, like. I, think with, I was gonna say, I think with the November release date, plus I'm just hearing the trailer, it got a lot of views, and more so than ever, <clears throat> at least from my point of view, their like coworkers have been talking about it. Um, even my sister's kind of been, is excited for it, which is kind of out of the blue because she's just like a Marvel Star Wars fan. She normally wouldn't go for a movie like this, but she she's really into it. My parents were into the trailer and they're excited for it. So I think this could have a lot of audience appeal and that can make money. And again, like that November release date could be like make a perfect Thanksgiving movie for families. I think there's something here with Will Smith and King Richard. Anyway. Well, you know what else um, had a late release and you know was appealing to people uh concussion which will smith was also in and also will smith, not... i would not say like it was december yeah it was not appealing to people yeah. okay fair enough fair enough it was it's also that was such a more like depressing film too this one's gonna be very audience award audience friendly than concussion ever was going to be yeah i get that <clears throat> i think um Will Smith has the um has the potential like he could be concussioned he could be pursuit of happiness you know maybe there's a slim chance he goes Sandra Bullock to blindside route uh and he wins but 
this doesn't seem like a strong best picture movie. And I understand the blind side wasn't either. But I think if Sandra Bullock was going up against Natalie Portman in Black Swan or Olivia Coleman in The Favorite or Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine, she probably would not have won. Yeah, that wasn't a strong year for Best Actress. And also at the time, uh, she was it's, like, yeah. It's not a strong year. No, I know Carrie is great in an education, but still, like, if she won, for I, that, I, I know. Would, yeah, I know. I was fucking kidding. Um, but what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Sandra Bullock was kind of like at a high point in her career. And I wouldn't say Will Smith is in a high point in his career right now. So for, you know, for him to win off of a movie like that, he would have to like have a lot of hype behind him and a lot of audience support. But what I will say is I think he can get a nomination um, just because like Jared was saying, the trailer got a lot of views a lot of people seem to be invested. It'll probably make a good amount of money and it'll probably be pretty solid. I think it looks a lot better than concussion. Concussion was pretty badly received from what I remember. Like a lot of people did not like it at all. And a lot of people did not like his performance because if I, I personally thought this about him, but he drops his accent a lot throughout that movie and it's, it's really distracting. And I think based on the trailer, it looks like he's putting in a really great performance here. So I think he'll get a nomination. He could. He's still good. Then there's Adam Driver in House of Gucci, who... I, I just feel like I'm coming off as a Gucci hater. But I don't get the hype for him i guess it's that set he's in multiple movies this year yeah i think that's all it is he doesn't really look like he's doing that much in the trailer except standing in front of shitty green screen yeah i don't know man i don't know i can't see him have i can't see it happening for this movie i think if he gets in for anything it's gonna be the last duel not gonna lie no there's no way that'd be nuts he has a better chance than ben affleck and matt damon though at least Maybe. at least he looks like he fits in with the time period. Yeah. Ben Affleck, absolutely no chance with his bleach blonde hair. <laughs> looks like fucking Naruto. Yeah. Then we have Bradley Cooper in Nightmare Alley. There you go, Tristan. It's your yeah. boy. I mean, I'm I'm like riding the hype more for uh soggy bottom because i think he has mm, we'll have to talk about that one yeah but uh nightmare alley i think he will get in i think he's going to be double nominated this year um i'm super excited for this movie i don't know if he'll win like i don't know what you guys think i i feel like this is going to be a really good performance but i don't know if this movie is going to be at like a that much of a performance movie I think it'll just be like really good performances, but the direction is really what stands out. But we'll see. Um, I'm super excited. I think he's going to be great. And... What I'll say 
Yeah. Is that I think if anyone is going to take down um cucumber boy, it's probably gonna be him. Really? If anybody. Because like I explained the whole thing with Macbeth, and like we'll get to the other contenders, but I don't think they're strong enough to win. I don't think Will Smith is strong enough to win. But like this dude's gonna be going mad in this movie. Oh, is so, it a, is it like a crazy performance? Or is it just like like a stoic neo-noir kind of thing? Apparently he he goes mad in like the film and like the book. Okay, maybe maybe it could be a, a winning conversation performance. Maybe, maybe we'll see. It's just, you know. I feel like, you know, Maestro could be his time, but, you know, at the same time, there's another person and she has to, she has to rise up with him. I know who you're talking about. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. (laughs) Anyways, (gasps) number six on gold derby is Joaquin Phoenix in come on come on you know it could happen it could happen why not why not right it's a Mike Mills film I'd love to see that happen and it could like every single Mike Mills film up until this point other than Thumbsucker (laughs) which for obvious reasons did not get any Oscar love but the other ones did they like beginners won for supporting actor, uh, 20th Century Women got a lot of buzz for Annette and then ended up getting a nomination for uh, screenplay. So I think Come On, Come On gets in somewhere, either screenplay or actor. Maybe picture, we'll see. It would have to be like the reactions have to be insanely, insanely good for that one to happen, in my opinion. It could be, because I think like... People are starting to realize Mike Mills yeah. is like yeah. top tier. I mean, I know Brett's been hyping this one up, so you know. Come on, come on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it might be my most anticipated of the year because Mike Mills is like. Yeah, it's like, see it coming back in black and white. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um. So then there's Leonardo DiCaprio. Don't look up. I think this yeah. is happening. I mean, I, I mean, I saw that 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 teaser trailer they put out during the Olympics. It looks like some Once Upon a Time in Hollywood type shit right there when he's screaming in the bathroom. And I mean, look, I've already said this. I am not excited for Don't Look Up at all. But like, if it's a big contender, Leo's getting in. Like, we didn't talk about J-Law. Like, her, her character is very extremely hollow and wooden and all that shit. Leo's gonna be doing some shit here, here. So I think, I think he's he's gonna get nominated. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's possible. Um, I don't know. I'm not that confident in Don't Look Up because I think that Vice, while it did get a lot of Academy love, a lot of people did not like that movie. And McKay kind of has a bit of like a dark cloud surrounding him now. So that movie has to be really good. To, to get uh to get in that's what you say but we never know anyways uh there's andrew garfield and tick tick boom you I know see. i mean it kind of gives me like roy scheider all that jazz vibes where in all that jazz um 
it, it's kind of like you know the main character just kind of feels like he knows his time is coming up uh, his time to die anyway and that's kind of how it feels here the green knight be like <laughs> um and you know Jonathan Larson who you know it was a real person that Andrew Garfield was playing here you know i mean he died a few years after rent came out and that's kind of what this is supposed to be about and it just gives me those vibes now i mean all that jazz is like my second favorite movie of all time so that's like huge praise for this film coming from me but um, it's kind of giving me those vibes can't can ask a quick like awards question um does Tick Tick Boom opening at AFI Fest mean anything for its awards chances? The thing about it is, is that like, I mean, AFI is not the biggest contender. There's Oscar um, contenders that play there. But the thing is, is that like, you know, last year, like I'm Your Woman was to premiere that that didn't go anywhere. Then Queen and Slim year before that didn't go anywhere. Mary and, and that's, Fox, right? That's just the past two years, but that doesn't mean that th- I don't think that's enough to say. Oh, tick tick boom is done or anything like that. Like I would wait for the reviews for the film to dictate that. Yeah, I think it it depends. If if the movie gets outstanding reviews, then it can get in. I don't really see it as an Oscar contender though. It'll still be a really damn good movie, though, in my opinion. Looks good. I like yeah. the trailer. Sound yeah. design, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have uh, Peter Dinklage and Serrano. I, I, no, no. <laughs> let me explain this. Even a movie. <laughs> so, let me explain. Um, Serrano is a very long-running, um, very old play musical that has been revived an obscene amount of times the most recent one starred peter dinklage on broadway in 2018 and the reviews were not great um he was praised but the actual production was um ripped a new asshole to say the least and with Joe Wright behind it, I know he did Atonement, but like Darkest Hour, Woman in the Window, this man doesn't have the best track record. And I feel like this movie could honestly just be complete, utter bullshit, complete garbage. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any chips on Peter Dinklage. Yeah, Joe Wright is kind of done. I mean, he had Pride and Prejudice and then he had Atonement. But, like, after that, he just kept going downhill. Like, he had Pan. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Pan's a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, Um, But, uh, by the way, do you guys know what Sirena is about? So, it's basically about this man who's kind of ridiculed for having like a crooked nose or whatever or like a funny nose like a giant nose yeah yeah but like the peter dinklage version it seems to be like you know because he's so short because peter dinklage is like under five feet tall 
Yeah. But the reviews seem to indicate it still has something to do with the nose. Like, I don't know. Oh, really? It could be really interesting if it's Peter Dinklage kind of like playing into his own insecurities and like what he's been like bullied in the past for and stuff. But like, yeah, the nose thing is so stupid. Like, I, I don't know. I can't take that I play mean, seriously. Being like a big like Broadway uh, nerd bitch, <laughs> um, it's kind of like you take these really weird concepts that sound so weird to normal people, but like in the context of like on stage, it works like dear Evan Hansen, you know, like that concept would sound so crazy to anyone else. But like when you execute it on stage, it's like, Oh, this is, this is really good. So you never know. Um, yeah. Steven Yun in the humans. I have read the humans, the play. We will talk more about this later. Steven Yun's character is a good character but one he's supporting he should not be in lead and two it's not a particularly layered character like he doesn't like like these other characters like richard jenkins um jane hootie shell even amy schumer's character they all have like inner deeper personal problems you know steven yun's character has that but not to the same extent that those other characters do. Um, so I don't think he's going to have that big of a chance of at a nomination here. And you could say, oh, well, he got it from Minari. But he was kind of a lead in Minari. I know we were su- talking about like, oh, he's supporting. He shouldn't be a lead. He kind of is. He does have the most screen time of anyone else in the film. That's a quick question, George. Um, the, the TIFF website makes kind of seem like the humans is a horror is it does that have horror elements not i mean kind of sort of i mean it, because like the description on tiff was like and things go bump in the night i'm like oh i i just thought it was a straight it's, drama but they it's not, say like it's not a horror movie it's not a thriller movie i i don't want to get into it because i would spoil it <laughs> so like but, a baby where it's really anxiety inducing it's not no not not really it's just it's designed to feel kind of eerie with like the okay. sets and stuff it's like some of the sound design okay um, that's what i need to know i don't think there's anything else we really need to get into to be quite honest there's just some things like you know I'm- michael fassbender's on here for next school wins but that movie's not coming out so I mean, there's always um, Jimmy Kimball and Paw Patrol, the movie. <laughs> well, that's number zero. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> well, my top five here, I have Andrew Garfield and Tick, Tick, Boom. Then Leonardo DiCaprio and Don't Look Up. Denzel Washington in The Tragedy of Macbeth. Bradley Cooper and Nightmare Alley. And uh, Benedict Cucumber Batch in The Power of the Dog. I've um, got, or no, you go, Jared. Okay. <clears throat> I have five Bradley Cooper for um four Stephen Young, three Andrew Garfield, two Will Smith, one Benedict Cumberbatch. I have five Adam Driver, four <clears throat> Brad. Ah, uh, you know what? I'll take him out. Five Joaquin Phoenix, 
four Bradley Cooper, three Will Smith, two Benedict Cumberbatch, one Denzel Washington. So Brett has Joaquin Phoenix at five, Will Smith at four, Leo DiCaprio at three, Denzel at two, and Cumberbatch at one. So we have um, next bit of a shit show with Best Supporting Actress. Um, and Dowd currently is tipped as the front runner, which I mean, as a fan of Mass, I would love to see this happen, but it's not. I don't know. I'm not so sure that they're going to be able to campaign her that far. It's fucking Bleecker Street after all. They're a horrible, horrible distributor. But like, I don't think they are like they haven't had anything worth campaigning before so we don't I mean know. they could have gotten Stanley Tucci a nomination for Supernova have you seen that movie though I have not it's okay but it's not like I I think every supporting actor aside from what's his face um Sasha Baron Cohen is is considerably better than Stanley Tucci in that movie Okay, you know what? Maybe fair enough. But like they could have gotten him somewhere if they yeah. really wanted to. But it's a very indie movie. Like I, I don't know. I think we we can call Bleaker Street horrible if they don't get mass anything. But at this point, I don't know if it's fair to call them horrible. They haven't really I mean, we could have said the same thing about Neon before Parasite and Itanya. Sure, I suppose. Um, now, does Mass have an opportunity to get like a lot of nominations? I mean, sure, it does. I mean, the father was able to get in last year after underperforming it otherwise because Sony Pictures Classics uploaded it to their streaming platform. If Bleecker Street is smart, they'll do the same thing with Mass. But the difference is that, you know... Bleecker Street is way smaller than Sony Pictures Classics. And the father had way bigger stars. So I don't know if Mass will do exactly the same thing. All it really has is the hype from Sundance. And Anne Dowd has her Emmys love. But, you know, is she, in, is she well known for film very much? More for TV. Yeah. Um, but I would love, love, love to see her be nominated, though. It would make my day. Um, Mass just kind of feels like a wild card in general. But anyways, um, Marley, Matlin, and Coda, I honestly do not understand why she's so high up. I honestly don't see her even getting nominated for this movie. Yeah, that's not happening. It's like... I mean, we already explained that Coda is just kind of a really like light film. And it's kind of made like a Netflix teen movie, you know? I mean, it's, it's certainly better made like The Kissing it, Booth. Yeah, it's way better than any of those Netflix teen movies. It's, it's just it, kind of made it, like them, though. It's kind of like Sing Street, although I, I don't think it's the same level of quality, but it's. Uh, it's like that kind of movie. 
where it's just like the summer crowd pleaser that's really, really good and is really uplifting. And I think a lot of people will love in both the like the mainstream scene and also critics. But I don't think other than maybe some like indie spirits and like uh, critics awards, I don't think it's going to get any Oscars or major awards at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, then there's, you know, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. I mean, that's a real thing. That's a genuinely real thing that could happen. She could easily get nominated. She's playing a role that won someone an Oscar. I don't know that she would win, but getting a nomination is a possibility. Um, Rooney Mara, Nightmare Alley. It's unclear where which one of the Nightmare Alley women they're going to push more, you know, especially if Kate Blanchett ends up here. Um, I have a feeling out of them, it would probably be Tony Collette. Yeah. But Rooney Mara, for some reason, is higher. Now, here's something that should be higher. Jane Hootyshell in The Humans, who is reprising her role in this film, and she won a Tony for it. And this role has a lot of emotional depth. The character has a lot of heart. And she kind of goes through a lot here. And honestly, if Kirsten Dunst goes lead, she she's who would go to my number one. Because that just seems like that role. It's that type of a role for her. And she could... She could just be that good. Reverend's like, we need to we need to give Jane Hootie Show an Oscar. Kind of like you know, Viola Davis and Fences. She was just that good. Everyone was like, Oh, well, we need to give her an Oscar. And you know, people win for playing roles, win Oscars for reprising their roles from Broadway for, for their Tony winning roles all the time. You know, Joel Gray did it for Cabaret and Anne Bancroft did it for the Miracle Worker and uh, there's a bunch of others I can't think of off the top of my head. But that stuff happens sometimes. And I think Hootie Shell could easily pull it off here. Um, and I know having read The Humans, the play. And I mean, this movie has just so much potential. So much potential. I'm telling you guys, you don't sleep on this fucking movie. Yeah. I'm very excited for it. Same. And I think especially when it comes to supporting actors, it's going to be a uh, force to be reckoned with. Um, Judy Dench in Belfast. If Belfast is a big contender, she probably comes along for the ride. She's playing Granny. That that helps people. I don't think she would win, though. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a win yeah. at all. I'm, plus, Yunya Jung was... You know, she won last year, and you know, I don't think they're going to give it to two grand grandmas, um, a grandma two consecutive years. This doesn't really make sense. I don't know. Um, Olga Merritt is in the Heights. I'm sad boy hours. I wish. <laughs> Same. Then we have Meryl. Meryl Streep, don't look up. She's playing the female version of Donald Trump in an Adam McKay movie. Really? Pretty much. 
Oh, no. Sam Rockwell got in for Vice. If she's really good in the movie, and the movie's a big contender, they'll probably eat it up. God. Can this just not happen? I swear. <laughs> um, Ingenue Ellis and King Richard. I don't know what else she's doing in it, but Ingenue Ellis is um, underrated. And she should have bigger roles in films. Like, give this woman a movie. Um, Thomas and McKenzie, The Power of the Dog. I mean, sure, sure, I guess. Um, but that's the thing, though. The supporting categories are not quite as competitive. I don't know what else would would get in here out of, out of the um the rest of this list. So, um, oh, and we already discussed Kirsten Dunst and the possibility she go in supporting. But if she is to go supporting, I think she will win. Um, if she doesn't, then you know I I, I just see Hootie Shell taking it. So that would make my top five. Let's see. To include Dunst, uh, Judy Dench at number five, and Dowd, Ariana DeBose, Jane Hootie Shell, and Kirsten Dunst. And then I don't know what to do about Brett's because he's, you know, sleeping, but it looks like he's got Rooney Mara, Thomas McKenzie, Tony Collette, Meryl Streep, and and out. So I guess Rooney Mara would be pushed out if he was going to add Dunst. Tristan, you want to go ahead and take off? Take it. Take it about, from here. Yeah, like, are, are you talking about, like, the jazz rock combinations? What? What? <laughs> Wait, I don't know. What am I... Um, just list supporting just actress. Just list your top five for supporting actress. Tristan. I'm half asleep. I'm we'll sorry. go to bed after this, Tristan. <laughs> yeah, I need to go to bed after this. Uh, I just started talking about jazz rock for some reason. What am I talking about? <laughs> Paul Greengrass. No, I'm joking. Um, my for supporting actress, I've got. Uh, Power of the Dog Lady at number one. Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, that girl. Uh, Kirsten Dunst at one. And Dowd at two. Uh, Ariana DeBose at three. Jane Hootie Shell at four. And Tony Collette at five. I have um, Judy Dench at five. I have Jane Hootie Shell at four. Three, Rooney Mara. Two Ariana D boys and one F and Dowd. I just really don't know what to do with this category since this is what it is right now. Well, let's move on to the category where Gold Derby is being the most stupid supporting actor, where they have Jesse Plemons at number one for the power of the dog. Folks. That could happen. He's not gonna win for it though. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. Because he, he's going to win for Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, but this is also just not a winning performance. Get, I mean, nomination, sure. Nomination, sure. But, like, I don't even know if he gets nominated, to be completely honest with you, just based on the role. It could be... Um, oh, who's the other person in the power of the dog? Cody Smith McPhee, who's not on Gold Derby, I don't think. 
but that's a different discussion. Anyway, let's talk about who is winning Best Supporting Actor. Richard Jenkins in The Humans. Hey, we have the same brain, George, on that. Tristan, I know, I know, I know how much you want Bradley to win for Soggy Bottom. I guarantee you that his role and no other role in this category for that matter is as meaty as um, emotionally rich and as layered as Richard Jenkins' character in The Humans. Is Richard Jenkins bottom soggy? Yes, very. (laughs) Okay, but Dang, I now I'm intrigued. I don't know. Anyway, like throughout the entirety of the play of the humans, he lets his emotions out gradually and he just spills them out slowly as the film goes on and it gets even more and more. His mother, he's dealing with his mother in the film. Um, his you know, who's breaking down because of dementia and he's got a lot of internal problems that gets revealed just throughout the course of this play. And I mean, it's, it's like, it's an amazing role and Richard Jenkins is an amazing actor. And the thing about it is, is like this role Reed Bernie played it on Broadway and he won a Tony for it. And you know, we've seen Mass and how good Reed Bernie can be. Richard Jenkins is a damn great actor. And if he pulls this role off and is amazing in it, I mean, how the hell do you beat that? How the hell are you going to beat Richard Jenkins in The Humans giving that performance? doing that role how how is that possible you know bradley cooper is you know possibly not going to be in the movie very in soggy bottom very much and he's just going to be doing like the fun type of role richard jenkins is going to be pouring his emotions out on a platinum platter just how do you beat that how do you beat that it's almost like if sasha baron cohen won over daniel kaluuya just like what sense does that make? You guys get you guys get get what I'm saying here. It's just it just makes sense that Richard Jenkins would win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Richard Jenkins, I think, is a great actor, and he's someone who has been getting really good roles in recent years. We saw him in Shape of Water. He's going to be in in Nightmare Alley, so that could help boost him. Um, he was in The Tourist or is that The Visitor, that's what it's called, uh, in 2007. And uh, he hasn't quite gotten his due. Like, he's not an actor that people say is one of the best working today, even if he probably is. So, this would be a nice boost for him. Um, and I think he could certainly win. But right now, I have uh, Cooper at number one just because he's having such a great year. He's overdue, and uh, Tristan, I, Tristan, Tristan. They yeah. do not care if you're overdue. 
I know, but they do care if you're giving a really good performance, and I think you will. But how is Bradley Cooper going to beat Richard Jenkins doing this? Well, well, I always say, how did Joaquin Phoenix beat Adam Driver doing that? But this is not... This is not the same thing. It's like if Sasha Baron Cohen beat Daniel Kaluuya last year. It just wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, but I I don't know. I don't think Bradley Cooper is going to give a Sasha Baron Cohen level performance because he's a much better actor. I, I'm just saying it's like that type of like dynamic within this season. I don't know. We, we'll have to see Soggy Bottom first, but I think it's going to be a pretty huge role. Like, even if it's a small role, I think it's going to be a huge standout. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you are underestimating Jenkins. Yeah, anyway. maybe a little. I don't know. Anyway, um, you have Jared Leto in House of Gucci. And, you know, even as someone who is a Gucci doubter, I'm going to be honest, this is probably going to happen just based on, like, how much fucking makeup he's caked in. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. So, you know, you've got to consider that 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 motherfucker, Jared Leto. He's a creep, but it, it could happen. Um, Then you've got, let's see, Corey Hawkins and the Tragedy Macbeth. He's playing Macduff. It just depends on, like, how accessible it is and, like, how how much he's actually doing in the role. But anyway. There's Willem Dafoe in Nightmare Alley. Uh, uh, apparently also a very tiny role. I, I don't know if supporting actors have for Nightmare Alley, to be completely honest. They might not. There's Al Pacino in House of Gucci, who does not look like he's going to be doing as much as Jared Leto. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't wager that just yet. Uh, Mark Rylance and Don't Look Up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then like the other like gold derby contenders, like I don't really see that many of them happening. So I'll go ahead and talk about Benny Safdie, who is also in Soggy Bottom. He's playing a um, closeted politician, which sounds like a very, you know, baity role. And, you know, Benny Safty has proved himself to be very talented. He's on a bit of a rise as a director now. But, you know, it, do, it, it does seem like something that could happen for him in a PTA film, which is going to have a lot of great performances in it. And maybe he could get nominated. There's, you know, there seems to be a trend now where two people from the same film, you know, get nominated in the same category. Some like once every year, maybe that's Cooper and Safty this year. That's that remains to be seen. But anyway, I think we're all tired mm-hmm. and wanting to go to bed, so I'll go ahead and just do me and Brett's list. Um, as it stands right now, I have let's see, Cody Smith McPhee and the Power of the Dog, Benny Safty and Soggy Bottom. Bradley Cooper, Soggy Bottom, Jared Leto in House of Gucci, and Richard Jenkins in The Humans at number one. Brett has Willem Dafoe 
in Nightmare Alley. Jared Leto and Hasaguchi, Jesse Plemons, The Power to Dog, Richard Jenkins and the Humans, and Bradley Cooper number one. I'm disappointed in you, Brent. Uh, Jared and Tristan, are you guys ready? So, so I'm gonna start with my number one work tonight. I guess my number five is something I don't think we've talked about yet, but I think it could be an underdog. But anyway. One, Richard Jenkins. Two, Bradley Cooper. Three, William Defoe. Four, Jesse Plemons. And five, I put Bradley Whitford for Tick, Tick, Boom because he is going to oh, be yeah. playing Steven Sondheim. And so I think if the movie does well, I think that could be like a big role. And like I think we're I think we're underestimating Tick, Tick, Boom. Like I'm like I feel like. Especially if it's good and it could be something great, it could be an Oscar contender. Oh, yes, Mr. I would have voted for Obama a third time if I could. Ah, Um, seriously, though, I mean, sure, it's possible, but like the Stephen Sondheim role didn't really do much for the Broadway circuit. That's true. I don't know. That's my um. My odds game kind of choice. Yeah. By the way, I mean, go for it. By the way, the person who wrote the screenplay for Tick Tick Boom is named Steven Levinson, and he wrote the book yeah. for Darren Hansen. And he also was a showrunner for Fosse Vernon. Yep. Yep. And he also wrote the script for the Darren Hansen movie, too. So, like, I, I, that's good writing right there, I guess. <laughs> like, he has. Like he has the chops, I believe I'm trying to say. There's something there is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you could be right. You could be right. Anyway, Tristan. Want to make one last appearance before we log off? Oh, no. The poor guy. Rep. <laughs> yeah, so he has Willem Dafoe at number five. Al Pacino, Jesse Plemons, Richard Jenkins, and then Bradley Cooper. All right. Well, um, that is it. Sorry that this episode had to get so lame at the end, but, you know, we record these really late at night. We probably should not. The but... last two standing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, thank you all for yeah. watching and... Uh, Keep up with the Oscar race. Be informed. Yep. Check out our episodes as things develop. Film festivals are going to be starting up soon. Um, thank you for watching. Thank you for subscribing. Um, are you one of the humans? <laughs>